to the Stadium Journey podcast, and thanks for joining us once again. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums around the world. Hey, by the time you watch this, you may be checking us out on our new platform, ready to debut January, uh, January December 1st. <laughs> It will be January by the end of the week. I already pushed it back, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Freudian slip. Yeah. And besides besides the website, you can connect with us on our social media channels (laughs) at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadio Journey podcast. I did eight basketball games this weekend. My brain and my mouth are disconnected. I did this. I did a presentation at work today and did those kind of malaprops the whole way through. It was painful. Uh, but anyway, you can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you find your favorite podcast. So that's Apple, that's Spotify, that's all those places. We're everywhere. We're bad, we're nationwide. Video simulcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And uh, if you want to be part of our live studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night. Usually it's Tuesday. This week it's Monday. And that's my fault. So thanks for, thanks for making the switch, everybody. It was your fault last time, too. Yeah. <laughs> we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. So we got the whole gang here tonight after a few scheduling snafus, mainly my own. So anyway, Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. We got Mark Viquez. Find him at Ballpark Hunter. The above average comedian Dan Calachico is here. You can follow him at danlaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So uh, we are the Stadium Journey podcast, but it's been a while since we actually put the journey in Stadium Journey. We used to try and uh, do recaps of all of our visits every show, but then we figured out it was making the podcast like six hours long, like an old Led Zeppelin album. So we're trying to dedicate now the occasional the occasional podcast, maybe quarterly, maybe every couple of months, who knows, um, to talk about our travels. And uh, those of you who are in our live studio audience, you are welcome to play along and tell us where you've been. So won't you join us as we recap our fall road trip stadium journey style? Now, we were going to have Dan start off and tell us that he's been nowhere, but he stepped off camera. So uh, do we have a volunteer to go first this week? I'll go. All right. Where have you been? The last time we did this show, we talked, we was uh, the end of August. So we're talking, for those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking about September, October, early November. So the fall months. I was at the Rogers Center last time. That's right. You While we talked about where we've been, you were somewhere. I was somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, kind of the not really going too far era. Um, but we've switched that up a little bit. So uh, instead of going over everything, which... I don't want to do because it'll take forever. Uh, I'm going to focus on a, on just a few spots. I would like to say, and maybe we don't do this enough, I would like to to give a shout-out to the Toronto Raptors because the last time, and, and I, I've been lucky enough to to get credentials at the Raptors for a number of years now, and they've been super nice to me. This time, not only did they put me um, – on the side, like they at the Scotia Bank, they they set up like two desks in a section. 
Court so normally here. I'm like way yeah. up top. Way up here. But press the press area in most NBA places is over here, right? Yeah. Normally it's normally it's like right behind where like I mean, that's where the the really important press sit, like the 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 you know the Toronto Star guy or whatever. Um, so I, I'm nowhere near important enough to be there. Usually I'm way up top where the like the hockey box is, and there's usually not too many people there. But they put me down in the corner this time, uh, really a perfect spot, kind of at the back of the um, like the back of the lower part of the 100s. Uh, but re- what really made it cool is, you know, you go and you sit down and, and there's Stadium Journey tag. And I look to my left and there's the score. And I look to my right and there's the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, nobody came from the score. So that was good. A little bit more elbow room. But the guy from the Memphis Grizzlies comes comes up, extends his hand, says, hi, my name's Glenn. Well, it turns out that the guy from the Memphis Grizzlies was Glenn Grunwald, who was the former GM of the uh, Toronto Raptors. He was the guy that came in right after Isaiah Thomas had burned out. And I, I'm, I know he was with the Knicks. I'm not. Was he the GM of the Knicks? I think he was. I think you're. I think he was. Um, but anyway, well, he's keep talking. A- I'll find out. He's a, a an executive now in Canada basketball, and he's doing some scouting with the Memphis Grizzlies. And oh my gosh, this was the nicest guy ever. You know, we, we always try and be real cool and not be like awestruck. And, you know, when we're, when we're in the press box or we're dealing and he was super nice. Um, He, he was also actually the former athletic director at McMaster university. So we were able to throw some stuff back and forth about Canadian university. I think he was, um, Surprised that anybody other than him would talk about Canadian university sports, but it was super awesome, uh, super nice guy. So that was that was really a highlight for me. He was uh, the former GM of the New York Knicks. You're okay, right. so he's moving up in the world by not being the GM of the Knicks. <laughs> uh, of all the jobs to not want, that would probably be pretty high up there. So anyway, uh, my my. Big trip, I guess. Um, went with my wife's company uh, because they have their annual general meeting. This is the first one that they've had in, I guess we missed two of them. So we were supposed to go to Austin a, a few years ago in COVID, and that didn't happen. Uh, so this was the first one that that I was able to go on in a while, and it was to San Francisco so we bombed around San Francisco a bit uh, while she was in meetings. I hoofed it around, walked around Oracle Park, which was fun. Um, walked down to we walked down to the new Chase Center where the Golden State Warriors are. Um, it's it's pretty bougie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's done the review. Probably Lloyd's done the review on that one. I can't imagine trying to drive down there. There is not a lot of spots for a car. Uh, but anyway, the big the big one was we on the the Saturday, which was after all the meetings were done, we swung down to uh, Silicon Valley and drove around and saw the headquarters of Apple and Google and Meta and um, oh Theranos. My wife is fascinated by this Theranos story. So uh, we we went down there and 
and saw the building where Theranos used to be. Uh, and then uh, drove a little bit around Santa Clara University, which produced the now former uh, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. That's where Steve Nash went to school. Uh, and then we ended up at the SAP Center in San Jose, and we got to see the San Jose Sharks, which was uh, exciting for me because it is a an addition. It's the first kind of addition to the list that uh, in, in quite a while. So that's my 25th current NHL arena. Um, surprisingly, it's one of the oldest. It's built in 91. It's now one of the, I think it's like, number three oldest in hockey. So it, that's a little surprising. Wow. These, you know, MSG is, of course, older, and the Saddle Dome is older. And, you know, I think San Jose might be next. Um, You know, it, it reminded me of the Palace of Auburn Hills a lot because, and, and the main reason, because they have one concourse and... When you go out to the seating bowl, you either walk up the stairs to the 200s or you walk down the stairs to the 100s. Um, makes for a little bit of a crowded concourse because everybody is in there, right? It was that they have one thing neat. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have seen where the team wants you to download the app and open up the app at a certain time and then, you know, Somehow Big Brother takes control of your phone and they make your flashlight do weird things all at once. Have you seen that before? No. no? Never? Okay. Um, well, what they've done there is they've kind of taken it to the next level so they don't have to, like, hack your phone anymore. Basically, what they did is they put LED lights on the armrests. So they do all this kind of stuff with the LED lights and the armrests there. So that's not too bad. Uh, but I, I guess the story behind... <laughs> Uh, the SAP Center is, um, we had a bit of an adventure. So my seats that I bought were not cheap. We were fourth row center ice in the upper deck. So I was ready. Like, first knew a venue in quite a long time. And, and like, these are going to be primo seats. We were a row behind the camera well which is not normally a big deal, but the way the the uh, the pitch is, I guess, uh, the cameraman is, like, literally right in front of our faces for the whole game. So, you know, you couldn't see the face off because the cameraman's head is right there. So I was, needless to say, not overly pleased at being, you know, sold in a, a, an obstructed viewed seat. Uh, without it being marked as obstructed view, so I was pretty I was pretty angry, um, and you know basically I just picked up and walked out. My wife was still sitting there. I had I was like, okay, I'll be back, and I pick up and walked out. And what I did is I went and found customer service. I showed them a picture of where I was, and the lady there was super nice. Uh, she was like, oh, well, that's not very good. She was going to give us tickets for row 15 in the upper corner. And I would have taken it gladly. So she's filling out the form or whatever. She says, where are your seats? I said, they're in section whatever they are, row four. Oh, well, you don't want to be way up there. She gave us row 10 behind the net. 
in the lower bowl. So I went from like absolutely hating the Sharks and getting <laughs> ready to totally crucify them in my review, whether it was warranted or not, uh, to actually we had a, a really good time and uh, we were, you know, pretty happy with with how they, you know, how they treated us in the end. So I did you take that story, to your wife? Hey, pardon? just, just what did you say to your wife? Come with me. Uh, no, actually, I texted her. I said, "Bring the bring the drinks. We're moving. <laughs> Meet me out out by the thing." So, uh, yeah. So the moral of the story is: if you don't ask, nothing will happen. But if you do, something might. So that was that was pretty good, and uh, I was pretty I was pretty happy with that after at the end. I mean. The venue itself is, um, I mean, it's not bad, but, you know, you get it, we get it, we do this all the time, you get into that comparing mode, and, you know, as compared, it's it's kind of down there on the list, it's it's a, it's fine, it's a good place to watch a hockey game, uh, for the most part, um, but, you know, yeah, it doesn't, uh, compared to the newer venues, it doesn't quite, doesn't quite uh, stack up, maybe, Maybe compared to the newest venue, it does it's it's much better. But you know that newest venue is what five thousand fans in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Uh, and then my other spots uh, this weekend, I went to Paul Baker Land and didn't see Paul no, Baker. No, no, no. <laughs> Connecticut is not part of New England. Oh, it's all part of your land, buddy. <laughs> it's not part of New England. What? Not that part. Of, not that side. Once you hit Hartford, that's New York. Oh, okay. Oh, you guys are fighting over who gets Hartford. No, you get Hartford. No, yeah, you get Hartford. That's it. No, they actually did a study. Like, where is the dividing line between Boston and New York? And it's a zigzag pattern down through the middle of Connecticut. Well, what about <laughs> what about if it's East Hartford? Because I was in East Hartford. That's even worse. <laughs> So yeah, I went to uh you go there every year, don't you? Pratt and Whitney Stadium at Rentschler Field. Feels Boston. like it lately, yeah. Yukon Huskies football. A lot of concrete in this place. Uh you know, actually I, I had to step back because I was originally kind of put off. I was like, this place kind of sucks. But then I thought about it, you know, as a as compared to other um, what do they call that group? The next five, the other five, <laughs> other five conferences. The slim pickings, you know, like compared to the MAC or or even the American or whatever. You know, it's not too bad. Um, I like I like the design itself. Uh, you know, it, obviously it, it looks like a product of its era. It's it's a heavy, heavy concrete. Uh, you wouldn't notice it, I guess, if there were more people there, <laughs> which is, you know, unfortunate, I guess. Um, I guess one thing that stood out to me was, and maybe it was just my spot, man, those UConn fans, like, they just complain about everything. They complain about the call that's being made. They could, by the offensive coordinator, they complain about the defense not doing what they want them to. They complain about every single call or not call by the referee. They should be happy. They hadn't won a game in like three And they years. won. They've won a couple <laughs> times this year, yeah. They beat Liberty. Liberty was ranked 19th 
And I mean, UConn's bowl eligible now. And they were, what did you say they were last year? Like the second worst program in the country? Last year they were ranked, yeah, next to last in the country. The only team they beat, I think, was UMass. Okay. So um, but yeah, I mean, the, the place, here. it was okay. And, and if you think about it, um, like I, I think of a place like Wisconsin, right? It's great when it has 80,000 fans there. Uh, would it look as great if it didn't have 80,000 fans there? Probably not. You know, would it look like UConn, like a lot of exposed concrete and benches and whatnot? Yeah, probably. Uh, for the number of people that were there, it was pretty loud. It was it was quite loud. Now, we were going from, from UConn, and we were going to Troy, New York. So I was a little worried that... One shining city to another. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little worried that uh sorry to our listeners in Troy and in Hartford <laughs> that getting out of Hartford was going to be a problem because it's that you know kind of buffalo style it's the stadium in the middle of nowhere surrounded by a parking lot parking lot parking lot parking lot and I thought wow it could take us an hour to get out of here now they they do a really good job of like there's cones everywhere and they just funnel you out. Uh, but we left a little early. So we missed like the the go ahead touchdown, the big huge stop, and the students storm in the field. <laughs> but that being said, uh listening to it on the radio, it did help because and this is kind of a first, I there were I could not tell you where the student section was. While I was there. In fact, I, I wouldn't have noticed the student section at all. Like they just did not stand out. Now on the radio, it said like it was the East end zone beside the band. That's where the students are, but probably the most MIA student section I've ever been in. Well, not in, but ever saw like we never even noticed it. So, well, the stadium is a good 25 miles away from campus. Yeah, I you know, I totally get it. I get it. Um I I said to my son when we walked in, I said, Hey, did you know that Toronto FC played here? He was like, What? Why would they play here? Well, during the pandemic, you know, that's where that's where Toronto FC played all their soccer games. Why would they play here? Well, probably because it was close to all their opponents. <laughs> it's close to Philly, it's close to New England, it's close to New York. It's a lot closer than Toronto, so why not? <laughs> so yeah and uh yeah this is that was just this past saturday and then after that we went and caught some college hockey it had been a long time since i saw some college hockey and another new spot it was rpi uh houston field house uh really interesting place looks way better on the outside than it does on the inside probably due to some you know timely renovations or whatever uh, old school hockey bunker, flat ceiling, uh, big, huge beams, four pillars in the corners, uh, nothing, uh, big open end. Like if you want to ever see what a Zamboni looks like when it's emptying out the ice, you know, you could look over there. Hey, there's the Zamboni <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of junk. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, not the neatest of facilities. Um, well, I think the best part about uh, Houston Fieldhouse is its backstory. 
There are a couple of things that I read. One was that they uh, they videoed, videoed, they taped, they recorded the music video for the Harlem Shake there. <laughs> but go well, ahead. That really wasn't the what, story? To, but... what the hell is the Harlem Shake? You don't know the Harlem Shake? Oh, my no. gosh. There you go. You'll have to look it up. Um, but it was originally not a hockey arena. It was originally a hangar, an airplane hangar during World War II. Right. I knew this. I did know that. But not just that. It was in Rhode Island. It was. It was a. It was a hangar in Harris, Harrisville, Rhode Island during World War II. Yes. And they and they moved it. <laughs> the army actually had this, or the government. I, I think it wasn't just limited to the army. Had this. Uh, program where you could take these old military surplus anything including a building and refurbish it so rpi applied got a building brought the building to campus put it back together i think it helps when you're in engineering school yeah and, <laughs> and repurposed it as their athletic facility yep the exterior actually looks quite nice now and then uh you know walking in it's pretty functional the they have the the ticket windows there Although I was saying to my son, you know, what do you, what do you need ticket windows for? Nobody sells tickets. I guess just for the players to, to leave tickets for people. That's about yeah. it. We'll call. <laughs> um, the, you know, college hockey is is an animal unto itself. Uh, you know, the pep band at at uh, Rensselaer, I, they were great up in the up in the top corner. A um, couple little fun things, you know, one of the band guys uh, runs around the whole arena after a goal with a flag. That's kind of fun. Um, you know, they do the whole, actually, they, they kind of, I haven't heard this one before, but when they, when they do the intros, you know, the other team all sucks, right? At center, number six, Paul Baker sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I introduce people, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> Excellent. Um, one of the things I like that they did at Rensselaer, I had, I'd never heard this before, and the and the PA guy totally walks into it, or well, facilitates it. So uh, when they get a penalty, you know, uh, you know, Dartmouth penalty to number twelve, Paul Baker sucks. Two minutes for sucking. <laughs> I don't remember that. So yeah, that that one was fun, uh, and I and I did get to see uh, the original Puck Man. <laughs> yeah, the reason why I am Puck Man Ri is at RPI. Nice. He's the original Puck Man, and he has a uh, Twitter account at Puck Man. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, we're nice. friends. I should have. Uh, I, I was looking for like I couldn't buy a puck there because there was nothing to buy. There was no. No merch. Huh. I don't know. Do you have a, a an RPI? I do have an RPI band? puck, yes. Okay. But anyway, that's... Sammy needs it. No, it's that's kind of That's kind of my travels. Well, most of my travels. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it simplified. Keep but it, it simplified. was good, good to be out on the road. Day, Holy crap. It was, in Connecticut, it was 21 degrees Celsius. And when I hit Niagara Falls the next day, it was snowing. <laughs> yeah, I put a picture up of my camp. I was at UMass Dartmouth yesterday, and one of the other in a PA group that I'm in, 
And one of the other guys must have been from down south says, it's not snowing up there yet. Well, DJ, like in Arkansas, they had they had this. I got this picture of the football game at Arkansas. There was like icicles on the goalposts. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I got. Who's next? All right, good travels, Dave. How about you, Mark? Where have you been the last couple of months? Well, I've been doing college football, so it's uh, Purdue football, which uh, when I was there was like ninety some degrees. It was so hot that uh, students, drunk students, oh, it? Uh, yeah, it was so hot. All the all the students who've been drinking since six a.m. were passed out by the first quarter. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> they were just all passed out with like people dumping water and ice on them. Uh, folks were allowed to go to. I think they were allowed to go into the Mackey Arena because it was so hot outside. Even the and, dudes. Can, oh, so the arena guys, was a big. Uh, yeah, it was like. Guys, a, doing the big drum with the giant metal beanies like they were there they well they were cooking their brains yeah they were there and uh, i took some great video you can you can see that video on uh, ballpark hunter on youtube uh and they were playing indiana state my alma mater who you know are just there to collect a paycheck and, and get pummeled 56 nothing but the place was packed it was packed for a division two football team <laughs> and yeah, it, it was, you know, I had been a while since I'd been to uh, a Purdue football game. Uh, Drew Brees was still the quarterback there. So we're going back to 2000, 2000, yes. 22 years ago, which sounds hard to believe that that's 22 years ago. That the time somebody... fly when you revisit a place like, has yeah. it really been that long since has I was really here? Been... Yeah, it's like, good Lord, that was, that was, uh, somebody born in 2000 just graduated college. If, you know, they didn't screw up like <laughs> I did. Yeah, I mean, so... I, well, Drew Brees know, does have 70, 70 or 80 kids, doesn't he? Yeah, and Drew Brees has had a, a prolific career hall of Oh, no, that's still Re Philip Rivers, I'm thinking. You know, so, yeah, so it was fun being back there. I had a great time. And, you know, it's not a very fancy stadium. It's a big horseshoe with uh, an end zone area where they they have some additional seating and, and a platform, and they bring out some food trucks. Uh, they're doing some renovations. I don't know when that's going to happen. I they made an announcement soon after I I visited the game, but you know we'll see what happens. Uh, all I can tell you that West Lafayette and, and the whole campus just comes alive for uh, Purdue football. It's insane, and it's you know it's a true football college town, and you know people have parking lots on their lawns for thirty dollars. The tailgating's awesome. It's uh, it's it's a lot better than you know. It's it's kind of some things were the same, some things were a little bit different. Uh, but very generic stadium, nothing spectacular. But a lot of college football stadiums are sort of like that. It's just just the vessel in bleachers to sit down and watch football because that's where all the action is. And you know, like I said, ninety some degrees. So uh, I think a few weeks later, I went to IU football, which is a totally different experience. Uh, it's an afterthought there. They're playing Maryland. Uh, tailgating was great. I have to say that the tailgating was one of the most impressive things that I saw at the IU football game. Uh, there's a little area, I think, north or yeah, south of the stadium where it's a, a wooden area that really adds a unique ambiance to the proceedings. And they also allow you to go into Assembly Hall, the basketball arena, to walk around and look at some of the uh, statues that they have there now. Uh, so it was a nice little touch, you know, and, and once again, just a giant U-shaped stadium. I would say some nice updates there, but, you know, not a huge crowd, a decent crowd. Can't 
complain about a lot of things. I know one thing I found interesting is when the cheerleaders did this uh, kind of a Jaws theme chomp anytime Marilyn was on third down. I don't know why I thought that was fascinating, but I thought it was I thought it was a cute little cheer. So that got me interested in uh, checking things out there. So, you know, you go from Purdue, a wonderful football experience, and you go to IU, a kind of okay, not terrible, okay. You know, Purdue really up there on the ladder, and then there's uh, IU. And then if you want to get a little bit lower to the ladder, you go check out Butler football, which nothing against the Butler Bulldog football uh, game. It was homecoming, so the parking lot was packed with uh, tables and chairs and and boots and a couple campers uh, celebrating, uh, you know, the festivities. It probably was the best time to go. Weather was a little bit cooler, but still very ideal. Had a blast there. Uh, so many things to do before the game. Apparently, that's not the common common thing, but it was homecoming. You walk inside. They have this nice hill that you can just sit back, relax, watch the game. A basic stadium, nothing fancy. It used to be a giant bowl. I think it sat about 40,000 at one time. Now it's just, you know, I don't know, 15,000 maybe. Well, more or less, I could be wrong on that. Uh, not a bad little experience. I, I don't think I would go there on a regular basis. Maybe if Princeton was in town, they come in every now and then, uh, but not, not too bad. I, I can't complain. I can't complain. It was a nice night. It was a nice day for football. And, uh, then the next few weeks I did a little division three football and trust me, it's going to lead up to a really great experience. I went to Wabash college out in Crawfordsville, which you probably never heard of, uh, but that is home to little giant stadium which uh, just got built a few years ago. Now the weather's getting a little bit colder. Not terrible, but it was a little rainy, a little windy. Uh, Not a lot of people at the stadium, but it's an all-boys school, so they don't have cheerleaders. And instead they got these, uh, I don't know who they are, I don't know what they're called, but they have these uh, guys that hang out with these red-white striped overalls, and they sit on milk cartons or stand on them and cheer Anytime there's a touchdown or a drive. Uh, So instead of seeing, you know, traditional female cheerleaders, you saw some guys. It looked like a bunch of guys from the local frat house cheering on the team. So that was a unique experience. Uh, Also, the football players walk through the concourse and shake, slap hands with all the fans before they make the field. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a 3,000, 4,000 seat stadium. Nice, nice venue, updated. They have bathrooms. They have a concession area. Nice seating. Very close to the bathrooms. Action. Well, <laughs> it's, I'm going to get. I'm going to get to the next stadium that didn't have bathrooms. They had a bunch of porta potties, and uh, so I enjoyed it. It's along the the railroad tracks, like an old railroad track. And I was watching like a CBS footage of uh, this stadium their former stadium from 1979, and they were showing people walking up the, the railroad tracks uh, for a big game. So it looks like, you know, those railroad tracks haven't been in operation for some time. Uh, but, yeah, small little town, small football. I'm, uh, I'm trying to check out some of these Division Two, Division Three. There's a Division Two football playoff game in a view of Indy next week. Uh, but that, you know, may collide with something else I'm doing. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, the best game. What's that? 
I said, yeah, don't put down Division Three football, man. It's no. some good stuff there. No. This isn't like when, uh, when at least when I was in school, where you could just, if you could, uh, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time, you could walk on and make the team. These guys are serious. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, what I like is when uh, a city supports them, a college supports them, and you can get a few thousand fans out there and you have the fans. And, uh, you know, I just, just like – you know, I just like seeing these facilities being a little more updated. Like, hey, let's really take our football a little bit more serious. Let's not have a junky stadium. Let's make this something worth coming out to. Uh, $10 for tickets for the Wabash game. So, I mean, you can't complain. Parking's free. So, for 10 bucks, you see Division Three football. And and you're right. You're, you know, this team was undefeated going into their last game. So, you're seeing some pretty good football there. They are, are just, in the tournament. Uh, I know that. Yeah, no, it's it's, and I was looking at Division Two, Division Three. There's some, there's a lot of teams out from New England. I think Dartmouth, one of the Dartmouth off campuses, is, U, is in UMass the Dartmouth. Yeah, UMass Dartmouth. Yeah, right. so yeah, UMass Dartmouth. Yeah, so you know, I'm probably going to check work, out some man. more Come Division on. Two, Division Three football. Yeah, I, I, trust me, I'm learning. I'm learning things every year. I'm learning something new. So I'll probably check out a little more football uh, on the Division Two, Division Three level. Next year, I actually work with some guys who play Division Three football, so they they can definitely tell me uh, the best spots to go to because I'm, I'm sure there's always that little secret town that you never heard of or you've never been to that says you got to go there on a Saturday. There's 3,000 people there. They're tailgating. You know, it's nothing quite like it. But now does that uh, – uh, getting getting into like the D2, D3 stuff, does that – sort of lead you to to feel incomplete in your like collection and and now it's like just that many more things to do or are you good to just like i'm good for the day and that was fun and yeah no 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 i don't i'm not gonna sit there and say i need to get to all the vision two cities uh ball uh, (laughs) football stadiums it's just something to do. Yeah, exactly right. So you make a video, have a review for the website, share some stuff on Twitter. You know, here's the thing. I, I took some videos from Wabash and then DePaul, which I'll get to. And, you know, I had this video of a touchdown being called in the end zone. And I just had so much attention and conversations about that because it's like the person who caught the ball, like his father saw it, you know, or the uncle. That's my nephew. That's my son who caught it, you know. And and they're they're talking to me. We're having conversations. I don't know if that would happen if I caught you know took a video of somebody catching that in, in Division One or in the NFL or in the CFL even. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it's a different world and it's fun. You get to interact. You get some followers. You know, maybe you learn something. Apparently, the Wabash quarterback was the former quarterback at my high school that I teach at at North Central Indianapolis. I didn't know that. He threw seven touchdowns. That, he threw five touchdowns that day. So good for him. Good for him. And, uh, you know, Wabash is an all-boys school, and it's 900 enrollment. Wabash Mafia, if uh, you try to apply for a job and they see Wabash and the, your boss is a Wabash guy, you, you so should be set. The enrollment is other. only 900 people, and they feel the football 900. team? 900. They feel the football team. Wow. And it's annually like, yeah. a powerhouse team. That's like yeah, an but, you know, and a lot of people here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people who graduate have money and they invest in the stadiums. Uh new football, there's a new field house. I don't know if there's a new basketball arena. 
but like I said, it's a lot of people go on to have some nice jobs or get some money and they wind up donating these nice little facilities for the school. Pretty campus, you know, very pretty campus in a small little town about an hour outside of Indianapolis, right off the interstate. Uh, so, you know, that that's another thing that makes it worthwhile is that you're not too far from a major city that, you know, if you happen to be visiting the area or if you're happening to check out, you know, something else, uh, it, it's not too it's uh, not too hard to get to. So, yeah, Wabash College, a little, little love to the to the little giants out there. So uh, but I did two Wabash College games because the next week. They played their arch rivals, the DePaul Tigers, 27 miles south, for the 128th Monon Bell Classic, one of the oldest rivalries in college football. This dates back uh, even before they donated the, uh, this old train bell. And what each college does is that every time they host the game, they add additional seating. So instead of 3,000-seat stadium, you have about a 10,000-seat stadium. And I don't know how many people were at this game that I went to, but it was close to 10,000 people. The place was packed. Wabash brought their fans. Of course, the hometown DePaul brought their fans. You had to enter through separate entrances that both sides couldn't sit with one another. Kind of like English Premier Football League. You had to, One had to be on the east side. One group of fans had to be on the west side. And there were little parts where uh, the Wabash fans could just heckle and jeer the DePaul fans. And you just heard all sorts of salty language being being uh, thrown at each other. And, of course, it snowed that day. So snowballs were being fl flickered from the DePaul fans over to the Wabash fans. And, of course, I'm there uh, just recording and, and making a video and, and doing a review for the website. I, I have no skin in this game. And because I had a black uh, hoodie on, they just thought I was a DePaul guy. So they were just they were just lambasting me the whole time and uh, giving giving me hell. But I got to tell you something that was one of the that was one of the best things I did this whole year was go to that game. I went with a couple of friends of mine who are DePaul graduates. They hate Wabash, so all you hear is f Wabash. Wabash sucks. Screw Wabash. Blah, blah, blah. You heard it in all different types of uh, forms of uh, insults. And generic stadium, nothing fancy. It was $35 tickets. Once you got in there, they gave you, included your food. And they served hot dogs, hot cocoa, popcorn, and water. Some of the worst hot dogs I've ever had in my life. I don't know what they were made out of. I don't know if they were just... These were terrible. I couldn't even finish the first one. I like a good hot dog at a game, but uh, there's a video of me eating one, and I was like, ugh. It's whatever you ran over ketchup. on the way That's to the how stadium, bad it was. dude. I put ketchup on it. <laughs> that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. It was it was bad, but awesome dogs. But and then, yeah, and then of course, being that they have so many people there, they have to bust out the porta potties. So. Tons of people are waiting in line to get porta potties. So all the Wabash fans are saying, "At our stadium, we have bathrooms. We have bathrooms at our stadium." So that was like one of the things you were yelling at. Uh, there was one end zone seat that section that the fans were standing, and there was very little room to walk in between the the chairs and the and the people standing. And of course, there's like a couple inches of snow that's packed down, so you're like 
holding on to rails because it's a little slippery. It just was a fun environment. I mean, I wish it was snowing. It was snowing during the tailgating, which was also nice, uh, but it stopped once the game started. And it, it's, you know, it's just an, another environment I never experienced, you know. And, of course, Wabash, uh, they had the bell, so you keep hearing this bell ring the whole game. And then, of course, uh, DePaul defeated them 49-21, so all the fans rushed the field. They were holding the bell. There was like five seconds left, so they had to clear the field and play the last down. Uh, so it was an intense rivalry. I, you know, obviously you go to some rival games, but uh, these guys, it's their big game. They don't have homecoming. They don't have alumni night. It's the Monon Bell is their big game. And it's, you know, if you li- make a list of like some of those great rivalries in all of sports, all, I mean, not just college football, all of sports, this should be mentioned because talk to anybody from DePaul, talk to anybody from Wabash, these two little schools, 27 miles separated. I mean, that game, you know, they want to win that game. That is not a game they want to lose. And that's a game they they definitely want to come out and support their their football heroes for. So great time. Talk to a lot of people. Uh, once that video was up, you're just going to see a lot of fans <laughs> Just, you know, anytime I, I shot the camera on them, it's like, woo, Walbrass sucks, or woo, DePaul sucks, woo, go Tigers. It's just, it was just a lot of fun because you go any other day to those games and it's a little bit mellow, a little settler. This was, th- this was the game to go to. And I think for 35 bucks with food included and, you know, you could probably find a free place to park if you get there early. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. It's a, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, like I said, just not too far away from Indianapolis. Uh, so you don't have to look too far. So that was one of my highlights, and I'll probably uh, recant my time uh, during our year in, review, uh, year in review episode coming up soon. Ah, good times. Hey, don't go, don't sleep on those D three no, rivalries, no, man. I no. know. Uh, last year I went up to Rochester and saw a D three game in the tournament, and uh, it was Nazareth, Nazareth College, and they say the same thing about their local rivalry against. Yeah. Uh, what is it? I think it's St. John of Rochester, and uh, the same thing when they, when those two teams meet, because they're, they're in the same town, it's kind of the same atmosphere, like you're yeah. describing, Mark. Yeah, they, everybody comes out. I just, you know, it'd be nice if people. You, you don't need the you don't need ten thousand people for every game. It'd just be nice if more and more people came out for the majority of those games. But I can tell you, with Wabash, they didn't have a bad crowd when I was there. The weather kind of stunk, and everybody was kind of getting ready for the the Monon Bell the, the next week. But that, that wasn't a bad crowd uh, for that game either. So I'll keep an eye on these these Division Two and Division Three schools in 2023. And you know, who knows uh, if you Indy can make a nice march? You know, there may still be some left this year for me. So fingers crossed. Hey, as somebody who works for a D three school, I'm all about it. Yeah. All right, so uh, is that all you got, Mark? Yeah, just college football so far, and uh, there may be a little bit more, and uh, probably move on to hockey and basketball soon. Yeah, college football. Sounds good. All right, so my turn. So we're talking September, October, beginning of November. So I I actually tallied up my stats. Um, So we're talking about basically the last 70 days or so. Turns out I've been to 36 games in those 70 days. So I've been kind of busy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um unfortunately though not a whole lot of new places uh, a lot of these games were because i've been working my butt off doing a lot of pa gigs 
uh, between UMass Dartmouth doing uh, every sport at UMass Dartmouth. If they need a PA guy, it's me. And uh, also now work, working at Brown, picking up games there. I've already done four different teams at Brown and uh, doing the Boston Pride, who started their season, raising another banner. So it's it's been a busy couple of months. And uh, the rest of November is going to continue to be busy like that. But uh, so let's see, 17 venues overall I've been to. So I will, I'll do a couple of highlights and then I'll just talk about the new places because you guys don't need to hear about the Trip Athletic Center or uh, the Pizzatola Sports Arena or anything like that. We've talked about those before in the past. Uh, a couple of highlights. I did get to go to games three and four of the WNBA Finals. That was right after our last uh, stadium journey or put the journey in stadium journey podcast. So I got to see Las Vegas take the title in game four. That was, it's always a lot of fun to see a team win a championship. Even if it's not Boston? Well, it was Connecticut. So I don't know if that counts as Boston anyway. (laughs) You just said it doesn't. Western Connecticut. There's halfway. (laughs) Eastern Connecticut is part of New England. Western Connecticut. New York can have it. But uh, yeah, even if it's not Boston. it's It's always a fun thing to see somebody lift the trophy. And, uh, so is it were they sold out there for the Mohegan Sun Arena where the Connecticut Sun play? Yes. Oh uh, well, no, no. Game three was not sold out because it was on a Tuesday night at nine o'clock. Damn television! But the Sun gave me free tickets, so I'm like, let's go. And uh, it turned out to be a really big mistake. I mean, the game was fine. That the Sun actually won game three to extend the series, but the game, of course, ended around eleven thirty, and then we got stuck in a traffic jam getting out of the Mohegan Sun Casino. So that was no fun. So I pulled, we pulled in home about 1.30 or so and had to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning for work. So I wasn't a happy camper, but in the end, it was worth it. Um, game four was a lot more relaxed. It was on a Friday night, so didn't, didn't care about being up late. So, of course, that was a highlight. Um, let's see, what else? What else would be a highlight? I mean, we... We've gone to the first few Providence Bruins games at the newly christened. It's not the dunk anymore. It's now called the Amica Mutual Pavilion. Funny thing is, uh, Amica is an insurance company, a local insurance company in Rhode Island. They paid uh, big bucks to be the sponsor of the arena. And so when you went there, you know, you expected to see all the fancy signage and everything. Nah, a couple little tarps and, and tarps blocking off anywhere that said Dunkin' Donuts. You still can't get any donuts there. I thought it would be incredibly hilarious if all of a sudden you could buy donuts now that it's not the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And can you uh, get insurance? No, you cannot buy insurance at a hockey game. That's bullshit. <laughs> What's the point then? <laughs> Why are they sponsoring this damn arena? <laughs> and uh went to a game at Harvard Stadium a couple weeks ago, which is always a thrill. Harvard Stadium, one of those places you can actually call historic and not just because it's old i mean it was built in 1903 it's the first football stadium built specifically for american football first place built out of reinforced concrete so you know it's pretty pretty important to the game of football and actually i don't know if we've told the story but those of you who have not been listening forever i'm going to tell it again um harvard stadium is actually the reason why the football that is played today is played the way it is because back in the early 1900s, like 1906, football was a really dangerous sport. It'll probably look more like rugby than what we consider football. And guys were getting maimed and dying playing this sport. 
So the powers that be decided to get together and say, we got to change the rules to make this sport safer. Hey, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? But one of the things that they were considering, one of the rules they were considering was widening the field by 40 yards. That way, less collisions. But because Harvard was the big team of the day, the most, uh, you know, had the most championships and the most famous team of the day. And since Harvard Stadium, you could not widen the field by 40 yards. It's this giant concrete horseshoe. Instead of widening the field, the powers that be decided to adopt the forward pass. And that sent football on its way to being a sport that we know and love today. And uh, so if you like football, you can thank Harvard. Those so, smart guys yeah. bashing their heads together. Thank you. We could have had a wide CFL type of football field. Thank you. Exactly. Harvard. Could I just think a uh, CFL style football with three downs and rouges and stuff like that? No yards. The greatest rule ever. What's that? What's the greatest rule ever? No yards. No yards. Yep. So on a punt, in Canadian football, on a punt or a kickoff, as a defender, you have to give the the guy catching the ball, you have to give him five yards. If you don't give him five yards, then that's a no yards call. And then it's tacked on to whatever the return is. Oh, so there's no such thing as a fair catch. No fair catch. Uh, so can and, you just level the guy and then say, okay, you got a five-yard return? Well, you're going to get 15 yards and probably <laughs> you're going to get a 15-yard penalty and you're probably going to be tossed for the game for that. Um, but you know, it's, it's such a simple thing, but like, if you've watched, if you've watched college, uh, you know, D one college anyway, for sure. Or the NFL, like a kickoff is a waste of time, right? Like when was the last time you saw anybody return a kickoff? It it doesn't happen anymore. And then, you know, 90% of the punts, it's like wave fake fair catch. It's, it's boring. So it and it of course it is a little bit safer because you don't have that that gunner flying in at a thousand miles an hour and clocking the guy right when he catches the ball. So uh yeah, I I think it's a great rule and you know it makes the game more interesting. Right. Yeah, I I would love to see more returns, but I think the the when they were doing research again this century on how to make the game safer, they found out that the majority of the injuries were taking place on kickoff and punt returns. So they kind of took took measures to make those plays in particular safer. I thought they were going to actually eliminate kickoffs altogether, but yeah, I thought that that might be a that might be a the way it's going, maybe yeah. they will because like you said, every just about every kickoff now is a touchback anyway. And if it was in Canada, I'd get a point for it every time. <laughs> For a touchback? Yep, that's a rouge. Maybe that's what they should do then. There you go. All right, so more valuable. (laughs) Yeah. With with some teams, that's all we got. So what else? uh, What else is noteworthy about the last couple months? Uh, Banner raisings. I got to raise a banner for the Boston Pride. I got to raise a Sweet Sixteen banner for UMass Dartmouth basketball. Um, This past weekend, we had the La France Hospitality Tournament. Had eight games in forty-eight hours. Four for the women. Four for the men. I announced all eight of them. So if my voice sounds funny, that's why. But we also, besides raising the banner for the Sweet 16 team last year, we raised four new 1,000-point scorer banners. So 
There's been a lot of flags in my life lately. So um, I'm just going to talk about the new places that I visited since we last got together. So one of them went to my, not only went to my first field hockey game ever, I was announcing it. <laughs> so uh, I know I reached out to you, Dave. Dave, what, what's field hockey? What do I have to know? <laughs> the funny thing about, I did a Brown field hockey game. They played Columbia. Backbreaking. The PA for a field hockey game is nothing. Except because it was the Ivy League, I had to introduce every single player on both teams. So I had to announce 44 players. That took forever. And then during the game, you announced penalty, you know, the penalty shots and goals. And I think, I think there were three goals. So it wasn't really, really hard work. The hardest part was getting over to the hockey arena in time because I did two games. They had me do a hockey game that day too, which ended, which started like five minutes after the field hockey game ended. I had to go from field to ice. Good plan. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Brown Field Hockey plays at Gold Goldberger Family Field. There's nothing I can say about Goldberger Family Field. I'm sorry to the Goldbergers. Um, it's, you know, very simple. Seats probably a thousand people. It's got metal bleachers. It's got a press box on top of the metal bleachers, and that's really it. So <laughs> it's it's part of their larger complex at Brownwood. So they have uh the baseball stadium, they've got the tennis courts, they've got the softball stadium. They got the football practice fields. They got the field hockey. Um, they got the lacrosse stadium. They got the soccer field. And then if you go up, they've got the basketball arena and they've got the hockey arena. So it's all right there. The football stadium is a mile down the road. Why? I don't know. But everything else is in that complex. And this I, is at Brown? At Brown. So I think I've been to now at Brown. I think I've been to like eight or nine different athletic facilities there. That's I find it fascinating at some of the at, well the bigger the bigger schools specifically like they'll have of course their football stadium but then they'll have a soccer specific stadium and a rugby specific stadium and a field hockey specific stadium and baseball and softball and there's like almost no crossover whatsoever. It's funny uh, working at a D three school where one field is all the sports to to Brown with Ivy League money where there are a bazillion different facilities. And not only that, there are practice facilities and game facilities for some of these sports. But you got to watch field hockey without having to watch it on stupid football lines. Yeah, yeah. I know whenever uh, you're watching a new place, you're like, damn, lines everywhere. Um, yeah, no extra lines anywhere at, at Goldberger Family Field. So uh, that was a new place for me. I went to the first Division One game for Stonehill College. In football so that was pretty exciting they play at a a really nice little place uh wb mason stadium it's got a corporate sponsorship it's fairly new it's about 20 years old but uh they've been playing in there since they were in division two and they moved up this year huge crowd for their opening game um basic basic design uh the the grandstand is on one side of the field the other side is open actually there's no Visiting seats. So a lot of stadiums, you get the, the main grandstand on one side, and the other side, you get some bleachers for the visiting crowd. This one had nothing. You could just see out. The funny thing was, the parking lot is on the other side of the road there, and they allow tailgating right up until kickoff. So right like five minutes before kickoff, you just saw this wave from an empty stadium. You saw this wave of people make their way from the parking lot into the stadium. That was pretty fun to watch. Um, and the first game, they played a D2 school, and they won 76 to nothing. So it wasn't much of a game. But it was cool to be there at the first one. Um, not a whole lot I can say about WB Mason Stadium. No, um, 
no concession areas yet. So maybe that's part of an expansion that'll be coming. They had a bunch of food trucks come in. So that's how they handled concessions. Um, they didn't have, uh, Mark, you were talking about bathroom facilities. I don't remember any permanent bathroom facilities there. Yeah. The, ba the bathroom facilities were in the gym next door. So you had to kind of go from the grandstand around out to the, the gym, which was right next door, and then come back in to the stadium. So uh, I'm guessing if they're going to invest in being a Division One team, they're going to upgrade WB Mason Stadium a little bit. But it was a decent enough place to see a game. Um, contrast that to I went to not the first hockey game at the D1 level there, but the second. They played a community ice rink. So we've talked a lot about um, the recent trend for Division One teams where they used to play in – in uh, community ranks, a lot of them, I'm thinking like American International, Sacred Heart, Bentley, and they've all built new places on campus or are in the process of building new places, which has been really nice for the programs. Uh, Stonehill is playing at a community rink 13 miles off of campus. So it's going to be kind of hard for them to recruit right now. So That's a bad combination. That is a real bad combination. But you know what? This is their first year. First year recruiting Division One players, and it shows they've got one line of D one caliber players and a goalie, and the rest of the guys are D two holdovers. So, UMass Dartmouth, who is a D three team that I also do work for, uh, they actually beat Stonehill eight nothing last year. So, uh, not much to say about the Bridgewater Ice Arena either. But my my highlight and a cool little hidden gem of a football stadium I went to was uh, Mass Maritime College, which was in, well, it was, it still is, in Buzzards Bay, Massachusetts. The cool thing, we talk a lot about uh, backdrops for baseball stadiums, and we talk about places that are built right on the water or with mountains in the backdrop. We've never really, I don't think, highlighted the backdrop of a football stadium before, but that was what Mass Maritime had. Um, what's the football stadium called? Oh, it's cool. Not cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> what cool a great stadium! On. Yes, not um, absolutely not cool runnings. Uh, oh, it was clean, clean harbors. It was called Clean Harbor Stadium. I don't know how I got cool runnings out I, of Clean Harbor. John not, that is there. not the same thing. Nope. Yeah, but anyway, it's built right on the water, which is really cool. Built right on the Cape Cod Canal, so you can actually have a splashdown field goal in this place if you kick it far enough. So the the view. And, I mean, I, I don't expect any of you all to be familiar with uh, what Cape Cod looks like, but there's a nice old-fashioned railroad, railroad bridge that goes across the, the canal where the whole the deck goes up and down to let boats pass. And then behind that is the, the Bourne Bridge, which is built, to, you know, for uh, car traffic. And it's just a really beautiful sight. So if you, if you, as you're coming into the stadium, you can look over to your right well, I'm looking to my left, but you can look to your right. Been a long weekend, boys. Uh, and you can see this great backdrop. If you check out the review on the Stadium Journey webpage, I've got that picture on there. So, it, I mean, the stadium is nothing spectacular. It's one grandstand on one side of the field, and it's mostly metal bleachers, some seats. But that view, it just takes your attention off of the game quite a bit. So that was that was something really different. And so those that's where I've been the last couple of weeks, couple couple of months actually. So a lot of a lot of repeat visits. Mark, you were talking Dave, you were asking Mark 
now that you got a taste of D3, is this now like a new, a new quest? <laughs> and, um, you know, I, when you ask Mark that, I'm thinking about it. So, you know what? I kind of would rather go to a new small park as I'm, as I've now completed four complete circuits of the New England D1 stadiums. Yeah. I'm ready for something different. You know? Yeah, I've something to... different, something new. Uh, you know, Taylor University, I heard, uh, which is about an hour away from me, can can be a great time. St. Francis in uh, Fort Wayne, uh, but I heard that you can't you can't tailgate on uh, Taylor University. It's a dry campus, and I've I've seen. And if they catch you with beer, not that I'm going to be tailgating, uh, it's like a two hundred dollar fine. Which is seems a little bit out there, but you know, <laughs> I better be a real uh, good drink. But but I've seen these stadiums; they're not bad looking. Uh, the fields are synthetic turfs for most of them, and you know it's uh, it's taken serious there. And then you know some of the basketball gyms are are average, but yeah, the football stadiums could be something. You know, maybe something I look uh, I, I check into next year. Because you're right. I mean, how many times can I go to IU or Butler or Ball State? Uh, you know, Purdue, I don't mind going back to since it's, it was 22 years in between visits. But, you know, uh, yeah, I'd like, like to check out something new, you know, something new, a little different, you know, try to pick those homecoming dates, alumni games, rivalry games where you're going to get that like ultimate experience. What do you think so. Purdue's going to look like at your next game in 2044? <laughs> <laughs> 2044 uh, I, i'm sure there's yeah it's yeah it's, it's gonna look different but I, I i assume that uh yeah i assume that certain things will still be there oh yeah this is still the same that's still the same. oh you 20, better get there before 2044 2044 holy christ wow well we'll be on our 30th season of the stadium journey podcast by then. <laughs> wow i'll let you know well i'll let you guys know in 2044 for Dan, some show something Dan, did you have something from the audience, Dan? Oh, uh, Greg, sa- Greg yeah. says, and our field hockey stadium is nice too. Now that you like that sport, and he also says, you uh, I didn't say I to- like that sport." Uh, he said that you should have reached out to me, seeing as I've written every single one of our field hockey reviews. Yeah, why didn't you? That's true. <laughs> but I, but I bet Greg Gregory that uh, you don't hear a lot from the PA guys at <laughs> field hockey games. Well, anyway, that might just be a B. All right. So um, that is our recap of the fall in, in stadium journeying. Oh, <laughs> guys, here's a question that came up, and I hope this doesn't take up too long, but this could get us all going on a tangent. All right. Uh, an oh, online debate great. that oh, I uh, ended up getting engaged in with some of the some of our old guests on this podcast. We have had three members of club 124 on this podcast. No boy. Okay. The, and now they all said that even though Phoenix is playing in a new arena, they are all still members of club 124. Yeah. That doesn't count. Your thoughts. Yeah. I, uh, uh, nothing, nothing about that arena counts. And it's best <laughs> that we get through it because get through it as quickly as possible and then forget it ever happened. I, I, uh, yeah. My opinion is they're just kind of making an exception so they can all feel more important. It feels like, Hey, you know what? They've all come on this podcast and they've all said club one, one twenty four means you have been to every active. It's not a professional season. hockey arena. Why yes, not? Why not just because they're playing the professional NBA, hockey there. They're playing well. We can for two years, just Phoenix, like the Cal Palace. Phoenix Coyotes was a the Cal the Cal Palace was a professional arena. 
This is a college Was arena. It? Play yes, played by barely a professional hockey team. That shouldn't be there. That's hanging on by a thread yeah. called uh, what, what? What the fuck is it? Ga- Gary Bettman in the first place? No, it doesn't count. Well, I, you know, I agree I, with them. Yeah. You know, I think. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, I think I wrote an article a few years ago. Like, why rush to get to some of these places? They're not going anywhere. This is the one exception. Just wait; it's going to go away. Though, who knows where they'll play? Either oh, at a God. new arena in, in Phoenix, or a new, or an existing arena in Houston, or Kansas City, or Quebec. Yeah. So yeah, just wait. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah. are they still at the same of time? Somebody could go. Somebody could go and say, "Well, technically, technically, I've been to all of them." Right. Well, I think it probably has something to do with the uh, two hundred plus dollars it's costing for a ticket to go there, right? Well, hey, so if they're my opinion, you know, I don't care one way or another. You want to call yourself a member uh, of, of this I've, club I've, that nobody cares about? Go ahead. But um, <laughs> wow, well, there goes that. But, um, I lost my point there in my sarcasm. Um, all right, so nobody's a member of the club for two years. Oh no, big deal. Yeah, um, big deal. Yeah. I, they, yeah, well, I well, one thing that they said, and I got this. We've had, like I said, we've had three members of Club One Twenty Four on this podcast as guests. Uh, what they said is, well, so if you have been to a game hosted by that team, it counts. So my response, and I never got an answer, was, I saw the San Francisco Forty ers play a candlestick. So that mean I can check off the Forty ers forever now? Can't have I, it both I'm, ways. I'm with oh, you. I think. Been... I think. I think it's got to count. It really. It's got to count. I mean, like it or not. It's a temporary move. No, it yeah. doesn't count. No, neither no, does Candlestick. I can see and that. Neither, and neither does Candlestick Park. And if they don't move to a professional arena uh, on the next move, then that doesn't count either. I don't. I barely count them as an NHL team, and it's barely above the line of the Flyers. Just, just the let's let's be real. Well, it, and it's starting. It's starting again. I can't believe it's starting again, but it's starting again. All of these places are temporary. All of them are. No, that is not. No, it's not the same thing. Nashville is building a new stadium for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Nissan Stadium. They're building a new stadium there. There was nothing wrong with Turner Field. There was nothing wrong with. Uh, well, with the, the Ranger Stadium, right? The the arms no. race, Ranger Stadium. You're starting right. Starting no. again. Yeah, we had a little pause, no, but you're right. It's starting it's back up the, again. Yeah. No, it's not the same. Yeah. No, no, it's no, uh. Not. Well, I I think yeah, Arlington was strange how they built a new one uh, where they have a dome on it so they can host the Final Four or something. Whoopty doo da. I think Atlanta, it has something you know. to do with frying the, the I don't know. Fans. I was there for a game in the beginning of July, and oh my god, I felt like a slice of bacon in that stadium. Well, that well, like Atlanta. It's like you bacon. know, when, when I went to see that a game, everybody complained about how they they had to leave work and go home and come back, and they hated doing that, and and the parking and the neighborhood, and you know, this was never really built for baseball. It was an Olympic stadium that was converted, and. You know, so I, I just think there was issues to begin with there, and I think the Braves said, "Okay, let's just build a new one somewhere else, create a little neighborhood, screw it." So far, so good. I'm we'll I'm actually surprised that uh, it, and, that it got this far. Place in Oakland. I I thought that I thought that there would be some sort of a kiss and make up between Arizona 
uh, coyotes and and I told the, you there wasn't the city of Glendale. You and, told and, me there was, and I said, and, "There's no fucking way." I'm sorry, there's no freaking way. I'm not fixing that one. No freaking way. And, and, well, it's, it's it could still happen, right? Yeah, no, at this point, it's restarting, and it's we're no, no, you lost that argument. Now, <laughs> now I, would, an, <laughs> I would say, I would say this um, for those of you who who remember the Cardinals moving from St. Louis, uh, the football okay. Cardinals moving from St. Louis to Arizona. You know, they were only supposed to be at Sun Devil Stadium yep. for a year or two, and they were there for a long time. Oh, and yeah. Expo, you know, same thing. I'm I'm not what's what's the long term like there's there's no plan right now. That's the other thing. There's no plan. There's oh, a wish no, to go somewhere no. else. There's no there's no stadium in or there's no arena in place. Uh there's no shovels in the ground in Tempe or in Scottsdale nope. or in no. Phoenix or anywhere else. Oh, there's so it would be one thing. It would be one thing to say, okay, we're going to be at Arizona State for two years while they're building whatever, but they're not building whatever yet. So, you know, the arena at Arizona State is as temporary as any other arena is right now. No, no. No, that's not the same thing. It's that's that's not the same thing. I'm not going to get into an ex ex whatever. I can't even say the word. Existential. Existential. Yeah, that's the word. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as the Tennessee Titans building a stadium and staying there permanently. Like that's that is the intended build for that stadium. Arguing that whatever Arizona, whatever the name of this place is, I don't even know. Oh come on, you got one. I don't. I don't care. I don't it's a care about. Arena. It's a well, fine. Arena name. I, what is it? Called? Well, okay. There you go. Mullet, um, the Mullet, Mullet Arena. That, Mullet that, Arena. That first name looks nice, though. The, 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 the what? The new one or the? Oh, Nissan come on, that yeah. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Nissan State. First of all, let me let me also add. I'm to saying this. the new the new. I'm sorry, Mark. There's well, a delay. it's not modern and cool and hip. It probably doesn't have enough suites. No, and let me let me just add to this. No, I'm just saying any, that uh, any Nissan, owner. Uh, any owner, hold on, Mark. Let me finish because there's a big delay on your end, and then just take over. Any owner no, that... rebuilding, yeah, no, that's fine. A stadium within 30 years, get a life. <laughs> like, stop it, stop it. I that I don't agree with. I don't. I don't care the billions that it costs and cutting edge. And you want to do renovations like they did at the Spectrum, and then again last year at Wells Fargo Center. Or add seats, like keep the same structure, add on to it, renovate. That I'm okay with. Spending all that money after COVID, building another stadium when there's nothing wrong except for the Washington Commanders. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, and rebuilding a new a new stadium. No, first of all, number one. Number two, it is different where the stadium is built for that purpose, for that team to stay there for longer than 20 years, where this is just a temporary, announced as a temporary stop because the Phoenix Coyote situation is such a, cl it's a cluster F among, clus uh, uh, among cluster Fs. It's hard to say that without actually saying the word. Um, I see you laughing at me, Dave. That it's, it's not the same situation. It A, doesn't count. 
it doesn't count as a, my Ghostbuster fell down there. That's how angry I am. Uh, the, the, it does, no, it doesn't count. This is not the same situation. This is, it's not. Damn it. Move somewhere else. Yeah, All but right, they geez, don't I... have a plan to move anywhere else yet. Then move yeah, it's... to another city. It's not. <laughs> How many clues do you need that it's not working in Arizona? Yeah, it, no, it's it, it's the TV market, right? It's the that, number that, four TV market in the states. That's which why is amazing. It's amazing. That's I think wonderful. That, that's the number it's four market. Really working out because now we have advertisements on jerseys. Thank God for that number four revenue well, market. Well, how big? How big would Houston be? I can't see Houston being much less if they move there. Not wasn't that one of the rumor places? All right, guys, I got we got way off track here. I meant this you for five minutes it. an hour. I know yeah, you started, started it, and now it's With one minute. And now I'm ending it. I started now it. it. We got to stop. Who started it? We've been an hour. Who started it? Pork roll. We should have. We should. <laughs> it's Taylor Ham. <laughs> we should have. We should have just done this as a topic, right, boys? Uh, yeah, maybe next time. This sounds like uh, we need to look at this a little bit more. That was that was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad I brought it up. But man, I no, gotta... no, no. There's nothing else to look at. There's right. There's me, and there's everybody else who's wrong. That's there's Dan. There's the Dan. Yeah. Like, you sound like my mother. I'm back, everyone. Hey, that's what my mom used to say. I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. Oh, my mom said my mom just took that and was like, because I'm the mom. That's why. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, thanks for that. That that just that made my night. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I'm here for your father. Well, I didn't think you were going to take it and run like that, man. Oh, God. I I am so glad I missed that conversation on social media. Holy Jesus. I don't know how you did. I kept it going as long as I could. I was, arguing, gonna, with, I was arguing with all of Club 124 by myself I, at one point. I am going to find it and just stir the pot. I'm even going to put a gif of stirring and the I pot. Didn't, yeah, I, I didn't have a horse in the race. I was just stirring the pot. Anyway. Yeah, so, that's what you're doing. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our recap of our fall trips and our discussion of Club 123 and a half. So, oh, Dan, man. <laughs> Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Follow me on Twitter. Being mad about something I don't care about at Danlow83. <laughs> uh, Mark, you got any trips planned? Uh, we're going to get together <laughs> again in three weeks. You got any trips planned for the next three weeks? And uh, where can our listeners follow your adventures? Uh, they can follow me on Ballpark Hunter on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. YouTube. I, I had about 24,000 hits on a short uh, based on a bulldog. Uh, at butler but uh yeah i'm trying to get to notre dame this saturday that's my goal i'm just have to make sure i hear back from their sid see if i got a pass uh if not i may buy a ticket and hitch a ride with a couple friends if not i'll check out the u indy greyhounds as they open up the uh, division two playoffs at home which would be a shorter trip so uh after that looking at some uh indiana pacers basketball they just renovated their arena don't know if they're completely done, but it's a lot different from when I was there uh, almost two years ago. And then after that, I got a week off for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to bust out that uh, schedule and, and see who's playing. Maybe I'll take a, a quick trip somewhere and uh, check out something new. So, yeah, the world's a highway for me. World, the adventure awaits. We'll see. The world is a highway. I'm going to drive it all night long, right? Yeah. Life is a highway. Dave, where could our listeners follow your adventures and you got any travels planned? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Profan9. 
Uh, this weekend, I'm going to hit my first Kitchener Rangers game of the year. Don't hit it. Just go in. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Actually, one of the positive hockey, you got to hit him. You got to hit him. Uh, the Rangers is that uh, COVID has sort of calmed the talk about getting a new odd. So I'm I'm happy about that because I like the odd that we have. Uh, also planning on hitting the Owen Sound attack. Haven't been there in a few years. And Laurier hockey basketballs in uh, full force. Uh, and the Windsor Lancers and U Sports are getting a new basketball arena. So I'm going to hopefully check that out. And finish up planning the big trip, which is coming up after the 6th. So I'll talk about that later. Nice, nice. All right, you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI. Where am I going in the next three weeks? Well, more of the same. Let's see, I got PA gigs planned for UMass Dartmouth basketball, UMass Dartmouth hockey, the Boston Pride, and Brown hockey all in the next in the next three weeks tomorrow night going to see Lay Miz. Any, any of you guys ever seen yeah, that? Yeah, baby. Seen it three times. Is it good? I've heard it's really good. Is it good? It, I, well, I'm, you know, I cried. So okay. yeah, I'm going to the Providence Performing Arts Center. That's uh, for Pam's birthday. We're going to go. Is, it the, Lay Miz. is it the touring or is it uh, a, a residency? Touring. All right. Well, that the, the touring. Yeah. 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 Well, See, the thing, when I was growing up, you asked, uh, when I was growing up, when it was a newer musical, the whole spectacle of it was the stage design and the the way that the, well, I don't want to spoil it, but the way the thing came in the middle. Of the, the, I don't know what the, the modern design is. Shut up, Mark. All right. Well, anyway, it's At least good. I don't have a delay, and at least my camera's clean. <laughs> my... My team didn't win 100 games and made it to the World Series. How about yours? Mm. At least my hockey team is uh, not in a row. <laughs> Still looking up at my hockey team, though. So, yeah. uh, Stadium hey, Journey so... trips got coming up. I uh, could not hear football. you talk about the hockey because I have my Stanley Cup here. Oh, oh, that's right. The, the Phillies won the pennant. Oh, well, that's good. That's, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, A little slow on the and, uptake there, Mark. I know. Enjoy. Was, listen, the Mets were the greatest enjoy. team enjoy ever. That's all I heard. All year is the Mets for the greatest thing ever. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the Mets, I, it sucked that they lost the division. I, I, but stop crying. Take care of the Padres and move on. Obviously, the Phillies didn't have an issue with them. And they, yes. so it's, it's all how you do in the playoffs. You can win 101 games and win the division like the Braves or 111 like the Dodgers. And who's in the World Series? 87 win Philly. So <laughs> God take care right. of business. Take care of business. <laughs> Baseball by the, won't happen again, though. Won't happen again. Just like the other sports. Because the regular season, just make the playoffs. I oh, felt so bad. We have six hold, teams. Hold on, Mark. Hold on. I mean, I, I felt bad for a second about the Mets. I really did. I was like, oh, man. Like, what What the? Like, well, I, I, I'm there with the Flyers. I'm like, how do you? They haven't choked that much. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't the same situation. I just. They won 101 games. I would call it a choke, but that's fine. You live it's in not denial. a choke. But the point was, is I, it's a choke. Fix the um, No, well, they, they choke. seven's um, a choke. But we're the greatest no. team was, ever. This we're the greatest not a team choke. ever. We, were we didn't the get Braves to the World Series. Season. But yes, yes, no. you're right. It, it's not a choke. But anyway, uh, my point is, is I sympathized with you, and I felt well, bad. It's a, then and then it's I a, saw well, Mets fans talking shit. Atlanta, it's a choke for L.A. 
Yeah, you're goddamn right it is. They they did choke. And then the Phillies choked in the World Series. Okay, if um, it's a choke that they didn't win the pennant, yes. But it's not a choke they didn't win the division. But but my point is, is I felt bad I for... I believe fun. you may this argue fun. with this with Met fans. This is why I don't feel bad for them. You didn't feel bad. I did. I said, even said to Kelly, I'm like, feel bad. I did. I said to Kelly, I was like, I, this is terrible. I feel terrible. This, that sucks. And then I saw you guys, not you, Mark, personally, but then I saw all the shit talking on Twitter. I was like, you know what? F them. I hope they, I hope they, I hope they all die in a plane crash. I mean, I would I would say the 2015 World Series when you had a two nothing lead and you, you didn't fucking take out uh, Matt Harvey. Oh, we'll leave him in because he he tells uh-huh. Collins, "Oh, I want to stir in." That's, That's a choke. Oh, seven was a choke. I officially have to put in the ex- okay. Joke for the World Phillies. Series is over. Kill it. I have to officially put in the explicit tag on okay, this episode. I am not editing those. Kill it. Thank you. Anyway, Mark uh, Paul, where can people find you anyway? Stop it. Turn I'm it off. I've been trying to tell Turn everybody for a while. Um, upcoming stadium journey visits. URI football, Harvard hoops, BU hockey, Northeastern basketball. Follow me at Puckman RI. Remember, stadiumjourney.com, the new site, December 1st. That's where all of our stadium reviews, news items, and other featured stories are going to be found. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Audio version of the Stadium Journey podcast. Find those just by searching HIAC Talk Radio wherever you look for your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. Video simulcasts of this, this podcast, all, well, not all five years, almost starting season six. Find those on our YouTube page. Join us for our live streams like Gregory did every other Tuesday night, usually Tuesday nights, 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. Well, we will be back in three weeks, not our usual two, three weeks. So that puts us at December 6th. We will be joined by our old buddy, Andrew Bow, to talk about some college football traveling. And then two weeks after that, on the 20th, we'll finish our year with our always much anticipated year in review episode. So as always, thanks everybody for your support. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road again real soon. Be safe out there. Two guys from Jersey.